welcome to Film Broad C, a podcast for women who want to learn how to write and produce a film they love. If you're a newbie writer or filmmaker, or an actress who's tired of auditions for one-dimensional roles, if you're overseeing yet another badly written script from a mediocre white man and you want to do something about it, you're in the right place. Get inspired by the pioneering women of the golden age of Hollywood through to today's changemakers and disruptors with practical how-tos to finally write and produce your damn script already. I'm your host, Emily Grace. Welcome to the show. Welcome to episode three. I'm so happy you're here. This podcast takes work and I'm not just doing it for myself, I'm doing it for you. So thanks for being here. Well, the Oscars are coming up soon. And to be honest, as much as I love film and television, I don't really pay that much attention to award season. Awards are not what motivate me. That's not why I create. Now, in the last episode, we talked about your why. Why do you want to create a project? What's motivating you? What kind of impact do you want to make? And for me, awards are cool. I like getting them, right? It's nice recognition from your peers. But it's not what motivates me, right? It's a nice to have icing on the cake, And of course, we have to be honest, like the award itself is completely subjective, depending on who the voting committee is and their likes and dislikes. They're completely subjective and not everybody has good taste. But there's been a lot of chatter about these Oscar snubs, specifically around the Barbie movie. Ken was nominated for an Oscar, but Barbie wasn't, which many have pointed out is literally the plot of the movie, right? Like the males getting all of the accolades and the entitlement and all the opportunities where the women who are doing all of the actual work are are getting overlooked. Uh, if we were writing the screenplay about the Oscar snubs about Barbie, it'd be a little bit on the nose. And Greta Gerwig was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, but not for Best Picture. And Margot Robbie wasn't nominated for anything, or at least she wasn't nominated for Best Actress. And people were very triggered by that. Personally, I was not triggered. Uh, but I, I enjoyed seeing the social media people being up in arms about these snobs. I think Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie are going to be just fine. They were involved in creating a film that grossed over $100 billion, which in and of itself is an amazing accomplishment, period. The fact that they are doing that as women in this industry, in this era, is a huge accomplishment, and it's going to make getting future projects made simpler, right? They're going to have the money, they've got the clout, they're going to be just fine. And we can't overlook some exciting Oscar nominations that absolutely will move the needle forward for underrepresented voices in Hollywood. America Ferreira was nominated for Best Supporting Actress for Barbie. Woo, very exciting. And Lily Gladstone is nominated for Best Actress in Killers of the Flower Moon. She is the first ever Native American to be nominated for an Oscar which is great, but also it's like, really? It's taken until now for that to happen. So I'm all for awards being a place to shine a light on marginalized voices, to move the needle for people who Hollywood tends to marginalize. I'm very excited for those nominations to come out. Other than that, award seasons, I just don't, I just don't really follow them that closely. For me, it's about the impact of the projects that I'm creating. Speaking of impact, let's talk about your impact. 
whatever project you're making, it starts with the idea, right? You have something you want to write about. Maybe you had an experience that you've always wanted to turn into a film. You have something that you want to say and your project is the vehicle to do that. So you have this idea and then you start wondering, well, is my idea good enough? And then you get stuck there right? You spiral around in your mind, trying to think your way into a great idea, trying to think your way into certainty before you'll get anything down on the page or move forward with your project. And it keeps you circling the same drain for months, sometimes even years. Is my idea good enough is actually the wrong question. Instead, ask yourself if your characters are compelling enough. When I work with members of the Make Shit Happen Club to develop their script, we don't start with your idea. We don't start with structure or plot or outlines or scene writing. We start with developing your characters. When you know how to structure characters to drive your story forward, to make them three-dimensional and authentic, to give them some flaws, that is what hooks your audience to care about them and want to go on the journey of your story. Your idea is elevated by your characters, not the other way around. You could have the coolest script idea that ever script ideated, but if you write one-dimensional, boring, predictable characters, we're just not going to care, right? We're not going to care. Compelling characters are what make your idea good enough. That's who your audience sees themselves reflected by. That's who we root for, who we love, or who we love to hate. So stop stressing out about your idea. Instead, focus on developing characters that your audience can't look away from. I've worked with so many people who wonder, is my idea good enough? Or another version is, is my idea enough for an entire script? Now, this question leads to the next obstacle that I see people struggle with, especially before they join the Make Shit Happen Club. People stress out about whether their idea is enough for an entire script because way too many first-time writers love to jump into a feature film or a TV pilot as their first ever screenplay. Don't do that. Please don't do that. And I say this with love because I am rooting for your success. I want big things for you. But if you've never written before, if you don't have a writing process or a firm grasp of story structure, you really have no business writing a feature film as your first script out of the gate, and you definitely have no business writing a TV pilot. You set yourself up for a lot of frustration. You set yourself up to feel like a failure when it doesn't have to be that way. And don't misunderstand me. You can learn how to write bigger projects. And I want that for you. I want to see you writing features and pilots and making them and selling them. Too many first-time writers underestimate what a specialized skill screenwriting is. It's not just sitting at your computer, putting words on the page. It's a craft that you can learn, just like acting is a craft. You don't wake up one day and say, I'm an actor now, and then book a series lead that afternoon, right? There is training, there is development, there is process, there's a lot of being bad and then improving, Learning a craft takes time. 
Writing is a very specialized skill that you really need to learn. And the best way to learn and to get better at it is by doing it. That's why I love helping people write a short film first. Do it quick and dirty. Get experience. Gain confidence. Learn the tools first and then apply them to bigger projects, building your network and your visibility and your credibility along the way with your smaller projects. So I'll use myself as an example. I had an idea for a script that I wanted to write forever. And I put so much pressure on myself that this had to be amazing and impressive and a huge success and the best fucking thing anyone has ever seen that I just felt completely paralyzed. I wanted to write it as a feature, but then it was like, no, it's a web series. And then I finally decided I'm going to write a TV pilot because I'm ambitious, I'm hardworking, and of course, I can figure shit out, right? This is the mentality that I had at the time. And I do believe in magic and serendipity, not like a magician magic, but you know, these magical opportunities sometimes come to you. I've experienced those many times. So I decided I'm going to go straight to writing a TV pilot even though I've never written a script before. And of course, I intend to sell this TV pilot, even though I didn't have any connections to get pitch meetings. And naturally, I'm going to sell this show with me attached to star in it, despite not having the kind of clout to get a project made or a proven track record as a screenwriter or a showrunner. But I do believe in dreaming big and hustling to make things happen. So I embarked on writing my TV pilot. And it was such a challenge because I had no writing process. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't understand TV pilot structure. Sitcoms, single cam comedies, and dramas all have completely different act structures. If you don't already know the difference, don't write a pilot. Don't start with that. It's like trying to write a symphony when you can't read music or play an instrument. I also didn't realize that not only was I writing the pilot episode, I was laying the foundation for the entire show. A pilot has to plant seeds for all your major characters and story arcs in that one episode. So you have to think through your entire season one and ideally think through to future seasons as well. Writing a pilot is an enormous undertaking, period especially if you are a newbie writer. It's a recipe for procrastination and overwhelm. Making a pilot, writing a pilot is a challenge for someone who knows what they're doing, right? It's a challenge for a seasoned pro. Think about how difficult it is for someone who has no process, no experience, no feedback or guidance, and no one there to keep them accountable. Now, a feature is less work than a pilot, but it can still take anywhere from six months to several years to write, depending on your writing process and how quickly you move through things. Now, I did write my pilot. I found an amazing writer mentor who has taught me so much about the screenwriting process and more specifically about writing for TV. But even with that support and guidance, it still took me years to get to a good draft. And over those years, I have become such a better writer. So 
I want to go back and revise the whole thing because I have more confidence. I'm much more clear about my vision. So even though I do have a fully written pilot, I still want to go back and do a lot of revisions to catch my pilot up to the quality of screenwriter I am now. I've been working on this project for literally years, and it's still just a draft, right? It hasn't moved beyond that stage, which is why I'm so passionate that you start with a short film, one that focuses on compelling characters that your audience roots for. Start with something small and build on top of it you will get a tangible result so much faster. Gain confidence and learn about who you are as a writer and filmmaker, which is invaluable self-knowledge to develop. This is one of the reasons why I've switched gears to focus on my short film, Pigeon. I don't want to have to wait until I finally sell my pilot to feel creatively fulfilled. I want to be in a project. I want to get back on screen. I want to be on the festival circuit. I want to be able to get my work out there to build my visibility and credibility now. So in the Make Shit Happen Club, I recommend that people start with a short. I'm taking my own advice because it's really good advice, right? And like I said in episode one, short projects lead to big opportunities. Fleabag, the TV series, was one of the projects that inspired me to go straight to writing my pilot. I saw someone else's big results, and I wanted to create that for myself. But what I didn't realize at the time is that Fleabag started out as a 10-minute piece at a storytelling show. It was based on a compelling character, not a concept, like a big high concept idea, but a very flawed, nuanced, specific character. That small project led to a one-woman show that was self-produced, and that one-woman show was such a big hit that it led to the TV series. But it happened in these baby steps. The TV series Insecure, which was created by Issa Rae, started out as a self-produced web series. It was called Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl, and it was based on a character that was an awkward black girl. If Issa Rae had asked, is my idea good enough or is my idea enough for an entire project, she might have talked herself out of making the web series because the idea itself is very simple, but simple can be powerful. She created a compelling character that so many fans of the website saw themselves in that they became super fans. And the buzz about her web series is what led the project to become a hit TV series. It started as self-produced short videos and it grew from there. People cared really deeply about this character and about this project. And Issa Rae is another great example of someone who learned how to write to her strengths as an actor and used a small project to bust open the doors to bigger things. Since then, she has written and executive produced multiple TV shows. She's acted steadily, appearing in the Barbie film and so many others. She landed an eight-figure development deal with Warner Media, and she has worked really hard to help other creatives of color get their foot in the door to create a more inclusive industry. Right now, we're in pretty early days of a post-strike world, and the changes are starting to trickle down. Studios lost a lot, a lot of money, and before the strikes, streamers were throwing money at content. They were throwing money at all kinds of shows and just kind of making 
everything, throwing spaghetti at the wall. That is already starting to change. They are tightening their belts. And in a recent interview for Porter, Issa Rae said, you're seeing so many Black shows get canceled. You're seeing so many executives, especially on the DEI side, get canned. You're seeing very clearly now that our stories are less of a priority. It's made me take more steps to try to be independent down the line if I have to. Now, this is the beauty of knowing how to write and produce your own projects. No one can stop you. Issa Rae started out self-producing, right? She knows how to do it. She broke through the stratosphere to work on high-level projects by partnering with studios. And now that the studios are tightening belts and canceling projects, she knows she can go back to indie projects to keep doing what she loves. In the quote, she goes on to say, I'm writing a couple of different projects, one for myself, right? She's still making stuff for herself to be in and one to produce and create with others. And I've been feeling so inspired and excited to get back at it. The industry is in flux, so it's really inspired me to focus and hone in on what stories I want to tell. I've been laser focused on getting these projects up and running. This is in such alignment with what this podcast is about, creating the stories that matter to you, creating work for yourself to be in, and setting yourself up to be creatively fulfilled no matter what else is happening in the industry. You can hone in on the stories you want to tell too. Just don't make the mistake I made and compare yourself to where Issa Rae is currently at or where Phoebe Waller-Bridge is currently at. Remember, they got started with small, self-produced projects about compelling characters, and that's something you can do starting right now. This show is sponsored by Write Your Short. If you want to write and produce a script that you love, but you don't know how to get started, go to writeyourshort.com. Don't create in a vacuum or try to figure this out all by yourself. Learn how to write a festival-worthy script you can produce or star in or direct or wear all those hats at once. With writeyourshort.com, you can get the exact next steps you need to take based on where you're at in the process. No guesswork, self-doubt, or overwhelm. Just a proven process to make the most powerful film possible. That's writeyourshort.com. And now, back to the show. If the strength of your characters matters more than your idea, how do you create compelling characters that your audience roots for? Let me tell you. I'm going to tell you right now. See? This is a tool that we go deeper with inside the Make Shit Happen Club, but I want to help you get started right now. There's a great meme going around with a quote from Greta Gerwig that says, Characters are complex creatures. Give them a want, a drive, a fear, and a secret. They will soon have a life of their own. The make shit happen version of what Greta Gerwig is talking about goes something like this. You want to give your character four things, an external want, a superpower, a fatal flaw, and an inner need. So let me tell you what each of these means. The external want is the character's tangible, obvious goal that propels them through the story. It's something that is measurable. The superpower is the quality that makes them special or unique. It will separate them from other characters, and it's usually a quality that's going to help them pursue that external want. 
The fatal flaw is what prevents your character from getting what they need. It's something from within the character themselves. And it might be in the way of that external want, but the fatal flaw is definitely in the way of the inner need, which is the void within your character that needs to be filled. To get that inner need, the character must overcome their fatal flaw. And most of the time, they use their superpower in order to do it. When you put all four of these character elements together, you start developing a three-dimensional complex character. And now that you're learning this tool, you're going to start to see it in every film and TV show you watch going forward. So have fun analyzing this tool as you're, you know, sitting on the couch at night watching Netflix and see if you can identify these four elements in the characters as you're watching. So I want to talk you through this tool with an example, and I'm going to use the Devil Wears Prada. So you can see these four elements as they play out in the script. So why am I using a feature film as an example instead of a short? Well, inside of the Make Shit Happen Club, we screen a lot of short films that were successful to give you good examples and templates of what works. But watching shorts isn't something a lot of people are just doing on their own time. And I want you to have a frame of reference for what I'm talking about with this tool that you can actually go and watch or a film that you recognize and have already seen. That way you can get a firm grasp of how this tool works with the access to the film and TV you already have available to you. The opening sequence of The Devil Wears Prada is such a great writing example of how to introduce a protagonist and antagonist and set them up to clash. Uh, it's a really great example of that. So in The Devil Wears Prada, our protagonist, Andy, is played by Anne Hathaway. And Andy's external want is to work a year at Runway Magazine. So this is her tangible, measurable goal that she is pursuing throughout the film. And at the end of Devil Wears Prada, we can ask, did she work a year at Runway Magazine? And the answer is a yes or no question, right? It's not something spiritual. It's not an internal journey. It's a tangible, measurable goal that has a yes or no answer. Andy's superpower is determination. This quality of determination is absolutely going to help her pursue that external want to work a year at Runway Magazine because it's quite difficult to last that long at this magazine as we quickly find out when we meet our protagonist and antagonist at the job interview. So at this interview, there's a meeting between Meryl Streep's Miranda, she's our antagonist, and Andy, our protagonist, who is applying to be her assistant. Now, at some point during this very brief interview, Miranda just completely dismisses Andy. She doesn't think she's the right fit. She's done with her. She kind of waves her away with her hand, and Andy withers a bit. She turns around to leave the office and then she stops herself. She turns back around and she advocates for herself. It is a clear indication of Andy's determination. This is the quality that makes her special and unique that's going to help her pursue this goal of working a year at Runway Magazine. Then we have Andy's fatal flaw, which is insecurity. 
Andy does not fit into this world of high fashion, and her peers at this job remind her of that every single chance they get. Her insecurity is the fatal flaw, which is directly in the way of her inner need, which is to embrace who she really is. In The Devil Wears Prada, Andy is a fish out of water. In this world of high fashion, she is low maintenance. She eats carbs. She wants to be a serious journalist. And when she lands this job at a fashion magazine, she decides to see it as a gateway to the career she really wants. If she can work a year at Runway Magazine, that's her external want, she can write her own ticket to any publication that she chooses. Her determination, that's her superpower, helps her jump through all of the hoops that her boss puts in front of her. Now, along the way, she slowly begins to adopt the values of this world and she begins to betray her own values, right? The title of the movie is a clue. The devil wears Prada. What do you do when you make a deal with the devil, right? You sell your soul. And that's a parallel that this movie is following. Andy's insecurity also leads her to change her entire wardrobe. She stops eating carbs. She says yes to all of her boss's demands, even when that means she has to flake out on her boyfriend and her friends who no longer recognize her. She betrays a work colleague to get ahead in the job, and she is on the path to become just like her boss, aka the devil. Now, when her boss betrays the boss's most loyal employee, Andy realizes she doesn't want to continue down this path. It's a, it's a moment for her where she starts to recognize what she's actually become. And when her boss tells Andy she sees a future for her in this business, inviting Andy to come into the inner circle, and Andy finally overcomes her insecurity to embrace who she really is. She uses that superpower of determination to walk away from this job. In the end, she ends up applying for a job as a journalist that has much more meaning to her. It's much more aligned with her true values. And at the end of the film, she doesn't get her external want. She doesn't last a year at Runway Magazine, but she does get her inner need, which is to embrace her authentic self. So that's a very quick overview of how to create compelling characters that your audience roots for. Give them an external want, a superpower, a fatal flaw, and an inner need. And if you want to take this work further and get my personal feedback and guidance as you develop your script, join me inside the Make Shit Happen Club. Remember... Is my idea good enough is the wrong question. Instead, ask yourself, are my characters compelling enough? And then use this tool I just shared with you for three-dimensional compelling characters that your audience roots for. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time. If you enjoyed the show, remember to subscribe and even better, leave a five-star review. Ready to finally write your damn script already? Go to writeyourshort.com to get started and connect with me on TikTok at Pickford West Short Film Lab. Your story matters and who better to tell it than you? Stay tuned for the next episode and I'll see you there.